My experience of coronavirus, lockdown, and social distancing was a very sedentary one. I did not leave the house a lot, and the constraints of my particular life, combined with my special and unique personality, meant that I really struggled to find time to move my body in satisfying ways during the pandemic. So as things opened up this spring and I found myself fully vaccinated and with more childcare options and with the school year ending and more possibilities all around, I was ready to move my body and exercise. I was so excited, so ready to embark on this whole newly vaccinated sunny life of health and I felt like I had lost a lot of time that I had to make up for. So a few weeks ago, I just went for it. And I signed up for a class that involved weights and cardio. It was something called suspension training that sounded very technical and I had never heard of before. And I just showed up and I gave it everything I had for one hour. And it was awesome. And at the end, I felt kind of destroyed and like my whole body was made of jello. And that night in my sleep, I could feel all of my muscles. And the next morning I woke up, unsurprisingly, very sore everywhere. But in the backs of my upper arms, it was extra sore. In fact, I couldn't really bend them very far except for my left especially in my left arm. And the next day, I still couldn't bend my left arm very far. And it made things like brushing my hair, or trying to put in my contacts rather difficult. And then the morning after that, when things still hadn't changed, I went to the doctor. I thought maybe I tore something. Can you break a muscle? I don't think so. This amazing doctor, she asked me a bunch of questions. She manipulated my arm in all these ways that felt both intense and relieving. She ended up basically unlocking my arm. I got the range of motion back. And it turns out that the issue was my tricep. This might sound familiar to all of you weightlifters out there, but my tricep was new to me. And I definitely had not been asking very much of this relatively small muscle here in the back of my arm, definitely using it even less during my sedentary pandemic times. And then I decided to isolate it and ask it to do a ton of work, rendering it rather locked up and non-functional afterwards. I overestimated my capacity. We're in a historical moment that is asking us to use social, emotional, and spiritual muscles that we have not used in a long time. Personally, during this time of lifting COVID restrictions and re-entering and re-encountering each other, re-encountering each other, I'm having a hard time anticipating how I'm going to feel when I exercise certain social and interpersonal muscles that haven't really gotten a lot of action in the past year. Situations that I expect to feel easy end up requiring extra intentional effort. I'm tired afterwards, even if I'm also filled up. 
I've lost muscle memory. It's humbling, it's taxing, it's exciting, and it's awkward. Besides feeling out of practice, I also feel aware of all the possibilities, all the options, all the things I perceive that other people are doing that are fun and wonderful all the time. Festivals, sporting events, barbecues, restaurants, vacations, hugs, and nearly all of this with masks optional. Whoa, what to do with all the possibilities for connection after so much isolation? Now, here's something about me. I tend to gravitate towards having the most options possible at any given time. It's just how I'm wired. For example, I would prefer to sample a variety of weird, interesting things instead of enjoying just one really good thing, which may sound just wrong to you, but I hope that we can still be friends. I find it very comforting to have options, but even I can max out on options. Okay, here's an example. Buffets. I love the idea of buffets. We used to go out to buffets quite a bit in my growing up years because everybody could find something that they liked. And with a buffet, you walk in and you survey the spread, so many possibilities. You could get a hot squishy roll or fried okra or cheesy casseroles. 20 kinds of salad dressing, all kinds of pickled things, and soft serve ice cream and pie and whipped cream. And you could put whipped cream on your pickled things if you wanted. I mean, the sky's the limit. You could go as far as you want. How could that possibly go wrong? How can I possibly fit one more thing on my tray? How can I squeeze in one more taste of something? Because maybe this will be the most delicious thing of all. And I don't want to miss out. I don't want to miss out. Every single time, my beginning fantasy of the satisfaction of the buffet rarely matches how I feel afterwards. Usually I end up feeling stuffed, fairly dissatisfied and thinking, what just happened here? I'm full, but I'm not satisfied. So here we are together in this world, each of us coming from our own place, our own personality and situation. Maybe you've been living alone and you are ready to be around people more. Or maybe you're not very ready to be around people more. Maybe you've been sharing such close quarters with family members that retreating to the bathroom for alone time is not a very distant memory. Maybe your work never stopped bringing you into close contact with the public. Maybe you're an introvert or an extrovert or you just don't know anymore. Maybe you can't wait for hugs from everyone. Or maybe they sound way too touchy and breathy or both. Maybe you lost something during the pandemic and you're just never gonna be the same. 
lost your health, lost a loved one, lost a job. Wherever we are coming from, here we are at the buffet of summer 2021, and we're hungry. And par the part of our body that has not gotten a lot of practice in recent months is probably our digestive system, right? And maybe we're wondering how much socializing or special events from the buffet can I even take in? How did my stomach capacity get so tiny? What will it take to digest and metabolize the encounters with other humans after such a long time? We are very slowly emerging from a collective trauma. We are only beginning to understand what we have come through and what we are still in the middle of. We are using the before times as a point of reference that can be both very useful or and totally irrelevant. We've conditioned ourselves to see the most basic gestures of human connection as dangerous, as threatening. Things like touching, physical proximity, breathing. We've conditioned ourselves to see isolation and independence as safety. The individual human unit as the invulnerable unit or the safer unit. So a simple encounter with another person might have a lot of intensity. So here's an example from my life. This past Friday after dinner, my daughter and I went on a little adventure to Old Town to check out walrus ice cream for the first time. This was the first time that either one of us had gone out on the town on a weekend night since we first moved here one year ago. Our plan was simple. We were going to get an ice cream cone, talk to each other, and go home. The sensory experiences that they met us as soon as we stepped out of the car. The warm breeze, the sound of music in the air, sidewalks full of people dressed up and walking and enjoying food with their date or with their friends or their family. I felt transported like I had traveled to another country. Have you ever had that experience where you go to a new city or a different country, and you're playing it cool, but in your head you're thinking, okay, just keep acting normal. Act like the other people are acting. Don't get lost. Keep an eye out for any strange behavior or erratic driving. Okay, you got this. And you know how to buy an ice cream cone. You just point to what you want and hand them the money and they'll understand. Just play it cool. I felt nervous, vigilant, excited. My stomach was tight. The simplest acts had me feeling like a slightly overstimulated explorer, like crossing the crosswalk with a lot of other people or standing in a line going down the sidewalk while cars buzzed by and people moved around us, making eye contact and ordering an ice cream cone inside with other people inside in a small space. 
My daughter and I tried to make small talk as we sat on the patio, but we mostly ended up saying over and over things like, can you believe this? Look at all these people. Can you believe this? We wondered aloud about these people's lives and their mask choices and safety and backgrounds. And it was exhilarating and also exhausting. And that night I dreamed about it. And the next day reels from that ice cream cone experience kept playing in my mind. Again, from our reading this morning by Judith Butler. When we are dispossessed from a place, from a community, we may simply feel we are undergoing something temporary, that mourning will be over and some restoration of prior order will be achieved. But maybe when we undergo what we do, something about who we are is revealed. Something that delineates the ties we have to others, that shows us that these ties constitute who we are. Why are these re-entry encounters so intense? Even the simple ones, the grocery store hello, Sean's Costco experience, crossing the threshold into someone's home? Well, yes, it's because it's been a long time. And yes, we're working these neglected social emotional muscles. And I believe there's an even deeper piece. We are in a collective moment of remembering that we are not really separate from each other. We never were. The body and the soul know this even if our brains have been telling a story of separateness and independence and social distancing for the last 15, 16 months. For the black feminist thinker and poet, Alexis Pauline Gums, remember means that it's part of my body. What happens when I remember is that whatever else I'm remembering, what I'm really remembering is that nothing is separate from me. We are in the process of emerging and healing from a time when we internalized and practiced and reinforced a story of separateness to keep ourselves safe. And I get it and I understand the science and I did it too. I still do it. But we're not really separate from each other. We are connected by ancestors, by genetics, by stardust, culture, energy, and spirit. Collectively, we're experiencing a time of remembering, a time of communion. Communion, that's intense. An encounter with the sacred, with the divine spark in each human heart. An encounter with a deep and alive truth of oneness within our species. Communion is intense and beautiful and awkward and it goes beyond words. As Judith Butler notes, as the ties to each other that constituted our lives were undone, we found that we are undone by each other. And this re-encountering and remembering process, becoming the next us, it's so intense. It's so awkward, it's so essential. And it takes time, it takes space, it takes intention. 
this ritual of re-encountering each other, it deserves our best energy. It deserves time to digest, to metabolize, to integrate. Each positive encounter offers us its own nutrition and it knits us back together, reconnecting us to each other in its own way. Getting back to the buffet for a second. You know why the buffet doesn't work for me? Why I never go to buffets anymore? It's so easy to frame it as an encounter with abundance and pleasure, so much food, sensory delight. But for me, it's really all about scarcity. I see the buffet and I think, oh, here's my one shot at all these delights. And what if I'm not able to enjoy it all? I better cram it all in. I don't want the goodness to stop. As COVID restrictions lift and opportunities open up, how can we find a way to really take in each new encounter and let it work on us? Let it knit us back together. Maybe we need to just ditch the buffet of summer 2021 and just feed ourselves in response to our own unique hunger at any given time. Feast on whatever sounds satisfying, even if it's simple, even if it's not very much. Tending to our hunger, responding to our fullness, offering ourselves and each other grace. We're going through something huge right now. And consumer culture desperately wants us to be obsessed with the buffet. Consumer culture wants us to forget and stuff down our painful experiences and just keep on spending and searching and never, ever feeling deeply satisfied. It wants us always hungry, always ready to buy the next thing or join the next trend, desperate to not be left behind. But if we're going to heal and metabolize this experience and remember ourselves and the truth that we were never separate from each other, we need the time and space and grace to really experience each other, really feel ourselves seen, feel our stories heard, take it in, take breaks, check in with ourselves, check in with each other and ask Am I sated yet? Am I full? Is it time to stop for now? Even if there are a million more things at the buffet and it seems like everyone's going back for seconds and thirds? Say yes to experiences that sound good, that sound nourishing. And let's pass when we need to, trusting that overloading is not going to serve us. All this so that after all we've been through, we can gradually feel our deeper soul hunger satisfied, so that we can feel our connections to each other fortified and feel ourselves getting knit back together into our next self, the next us, ready to move in service to love. May it be so, amen.